Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. my job to not just help you grow spiritually, um, that is definitely my main job, um, and to be here to help grow spiritually, but I want us to be well-rounded people. And so um, I think one of those things I really want to enlighten some of us about is the, the, the rules of driving, the rules of engagement, the rules of the road. I want, I want to help some of you. I'm here to help you. Okay, and so I'm going to go through a couple of rules here that some of us, we just don't get it, man. We just don't understand that hopefully when you leave this place, you're a better driver. Um, You're welcome, everybody. Um, So the first thing I want to let everyone know is this is one my wife does not get. She struggles with this. She needs to apply this. And, and, and I would say for a lot of ladies out there, don't be like, oh, I don't like him already. Um, but... For a lot of ladies out there, you probably struggle with this number one rule for me, and it's simply this. The horn is there for a reason. Don't be ashamed to use it. It is in the... Don't, don't think your husband has road rage when he uses the horn. Oh my gosh, you just honked at somebody. Yeah, I did, because they need to go. Right? Now, now there is horn etiquette. Like, if you honk for longer than two seconds, you're cussing with your horn. You know it. You know you are. Right? Like, and here's the deal. There is a, there is a time. You, it's true. You're like, you stupid. Um, yeah, you, you, there, there is a, a timing at stoplights. Like, I will give you two seconds to move. Like once it turns green, okay, maybe they're talking to their kid. Maybe they're setting their phone down. That should take two seconds, maybe three seconds. But after three seconds, after I've gone one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, I'm going to honk at you. And here's the deal. If I honk at you, don't get mad at me, right? This happened to me this week. I was sitting like trying to get on the highway and I see the person scrolling Instagram or Facebook. They're just going, right? And I'm sitting there waiting. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, two second honk. Like I didn't cuss with my horn and they go, you know, and like they get on my butt and start flashing their lights at me. I'm like, I'm not the one that needed the honk, right? The horn is there for a reason. You are going to need to use it, and sometimes it needs to be used on you. Men, you're welcome. Um, The left lane. Let's discuss the left lane. It's like the Bermuda Triangle of driving. It's like confusing to everybody. I'm going to simplify this for you. The left lane, if you go the speed limit, the left lane's not for you.
It's not for you. Now, you can pray for all of us speeders. The left lane is not for you to go slow in. I don't care if the car in front of you is going slow. Don't get in that left lane until you can go. The left lane is for passing and passing only. Once you pass, get back over. There's a, there's a law now, and I hope all of our police officers in here start writing tickets for people just, I'm out cruising, talking to my boo. No, no, get in your right lane and talk to your boo. If you drive slow or the speed limit, listen to me, you should be honked at. You should be tailgated, Right? Somebody should be right on your butt, like flashing their lights, honking it. Don't get mad at them. Get over. So that's the, le- that's the rules of the left lane. The last rule is this. If you're following someone somewhere, you, for some reason you don't know how to use all the 5,000 apps that give you directions on your phone, and they gave you, well, I just don't know how to use this thing. Um, and they're like, just follow me. Follow them. Don't let cars between you and them, okay? That's not following. That's like trailing them. There's a difference between trailing and following, right? And when you let cars between you, it's not stressing you out near as much as it's stressing the person that you're you're following out, I promise. You're like, they're just going too fast. No, speed up, speed up and follow them. (laughs) They're being nice to let you follow. Get right to get there. Follow, be a rude driver, don't let people in be like, oh, I'm following them. You ain't getting between me. I'm following them. I ain't going to create any stress because then a yellow light's going to come, right? Do I go or do I stay? If you're right with them, you just follow them. Like, <laughs> and, and here's the deal. That's what I want us to talk about this morning. Is how are you at following when it comes to your relationship with Jesus? How are you at tailgating Jesus? Because the reality of this, when it comes to the whole following Jesus thing, this whole Jesus follower, Christ follower thing is this. And hear me, following at a safe distance is dangerous. Following Jesus at a safe distance is, man, a dangerous habit to get into. And our text this morning talks just about the effect of that. It's found in Mark chapter 14, verse 53 through 54, and then we're going to jump to verse 66. And it says this, they took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the teachers of the law came together, and Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest, and there he sat with guards and warmed himself at the fire. Verse 66, while Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and he went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow's one of them, again, he denied it. Now, now, if I'm Peter, this girl's getting on my last nerve. Like, shut up and leave me alone, girl. Like, go, go somewhere. Right? Again, like, I can hear, like, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about, girl. Get out of here. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near to Peter said, surely you are one of them. You are a gal, you look like one of them. You talk like one of them. You smell like, you're a Galilean. Come on now. We, we know, and, and 
he began to call down curses. And he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. He, he called him that man. He went from Jesus to that. I don't know that man you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Out of the message translation, verse 53 and 54 says this. They led Jesus to the chief priest where the high priest, religious leaders, and scholars had gathered together. And Peter followed at a safe distance. He followed at a safe distance. And your willingness to follow Christ at a safe distance is dangerous. Because here's the deal. If you go and read the Gospels, Peter never followed Jesus at a safe distance. He was right, I mean, he was right, he was a tailgater, man. He was, he was ride or die, man. I, I'm with Jesus, ride or die. He's my boy, you know? And I mean, they're doing miracles together. They're feeding thousands of people together. They're seeing lepers get healed. They're seeing the demon possessed be free. I mean, they, he's right there in the thick of it with Jesus. And when Peter decides for the first time to follow as the message says at a safe distance, what happens? Things get between him and Jesus. Things get between him and his Savior. And now he's not, Peter's the one that confessed Jesus to be the Messiah. All the other disciples said, some say you're Elijah the prophet, some say you're this person, but Jesus said, you're the Messiah, you're the, you're the Christ, the one. He went from calling Jesus the Christ, the one, I don't know that man. There was distance. And things got between him and his Savior. And Peter started doing exactly what he said and what he thought and what he imagined he would never do. Before this, in the chapter, Peter, Jesus tells all the disciples, hey, as it's written, when the shepherd is struck, the sheep will scatter. And Peter's like, not me. Mm -mm. All these other 11 suckers can, but not me. I I'm, I'm ride or die, right? And Jesus says, let me, let me get it real, real for you, Peter. You're going to be worse than any of them. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows twice. And Peter calls Jesus. Oh, you're missing it. You're crazy. You're lying. No, you, you're, I know I said you're the chosen one, but you missed it on this moment. You checked out and got into your flesh a little bit there, Jesus, you know, um, and all of a sudden, the very thing that Peter said, I would never, ever, ever, even though you told me I was going to do it, I said, no way, never, ever, ever, Peter is doing. Because he started following at a safe distance. And the, and the thing that I get from reading this story, the thing that I get from watching Peter's life in this moment is this, is that some of us, and Peter especially, have to stop embracing what you should deny and stop denying what you should embrace. Stop embracing what you should deny and stop start denying what you should embrace. Man, some of us we're embracing the wrong thing. And that's what Peter started doing. He started embracing the culture. He started embracing the surrounding. He just wanted to fit in instead of stand out. And what you embrace, you deny. 
You can embrace only a few things, but you got to deny a whole lot of things. If I embrace eating healthy, which I am not doing today, thank you, Lord. Today's the day of gluttony for Justin. I cannot embrace a salad while I got a piece of pie on my plate. They don't mix, right? You can't be generous while still being greedy, right? You can't be holy while still messing around and flirting with the world. You can't be righteous while still hanging out with a lot of your old friends living the old lifestyle. No, no. Some of us, we've got to stop embracing what we should be denying, and we've got to stop denying what we should embracing because I say it all the time, association eventually brings assimilation. You assimilate to what you associate with, and it was true of Peter, and it will be true of you. Man, Peter started hanging around the deniers. He started hanging around other people wanting to fit in, wanting to fit in, and he became what he embraced. Embraced. And some of us in this place, it's exactly what's happened to us. We are assimilating, we are becoming what we are associating with. And God didn't just call you to be another face in the crowd. Hear me, it's, it's great to be a mom and dad, but God has called you to more than that. It's great to be a husband and a wife, but God's called you more than that. It's great to be a good person, but God has called you to be more than that. It's great to be a successful businessman. It's great to be a teacher, an administrator, whatever you're doing. It's great to do that, but God has called you more than just being another face in the crowd. He's called you to live a dangerous life. And when we start following at a safe distance, we stop in, We stop up grabbing hold of the full commitment that God has called us to. Because when I'm following, when I'm on you, woo, I'm fully committed to this thing, right? But when I follow the safe distance, I allow things to get in. And here's the deal. When you start reading Peter's story, this story, the denial, this story is written every time in all the Gospels. It's one of the few stories that is recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because this was a thing. And you know what I'm talking about, like a thing. Oh, I got a thing. This was Peter's thing. Oh, did you hear about Peter? Did you hear about the thing Peter did? Did you hear what he did? You know what I'm talking about? We've all got a thing. Like my, my wife's thing right now is baking pies, and I am grateful for it because um, she's good at it. And I'm going to have a piece of coconut cream pie on my plate before I eat anything else today. Um, it is the thing that I am thankful for. She's got a thing. Some of you, you have been known by your thing. You got a nickname by your thing, right? You did something, and it was your thing. You did something stupid and and you got a nickname for it, and everybody knows you by your thing that you did, right? We, we know that. And here's the deal. Peter had a thing. And the thing you have to understand about things is that they, things have claiming power. They have the power to identify you. They have the power to claim you. And so my question to you is this. Who or what are you letting claim you. Who or what are you, what thing are you letting claim you? The other day, well, the other day, several years ago, right? That's what I always say. Every day means 10 years ago. (laughs) Several years ago, probably about seven years ago, I went to a party, not like beer pong party, like, woo, 
it's crazy. You know, um, I went to like lemonade tea water party and, um, but we still get red solo cups. Okay. It's okay. Um, and you're like red solo cups and <laughs> tailgate. What kind of sermon is this going to be? Um, but here's the deal. This was a big party at a big house and I walk in and they have red solo cups. They're, they're like, man, thanks for being here. It's so great to have you. I'm like, yeah, great. Fantastic. They're like, drinks over there. And I, I get to get my cup and I'm going to get my tea and I, I'm putting tea in. And I ask a question that is pivotal, pivotal for party planners. If you're serving drinks in this, this is a pivotal point that you can't be without. I said, where's the Sharpie? And they said, what Sharpie? All right, that's how we're going to play it. <laughs> there was not a Sharpie there. There was no way to identify whose cup went with who. And so, so, I'm a tall guy. I kept putting my cup at high places. I was like, ain't nobody going to be able to reach that cup. Leave that, that cup ain't yours, son. Leave it alone. You know? And here's the deal. I was careful all party long, did good. And then it happened. I'm talking. I set my, my, my drink over here. We're good. It's sitting solo. And I start engaging. I start talking. Imagine that. I don't mind talking. I start having a good time. We're laughing. We're being loud. Um, probably a little too loud. And then I turn around. And it looks like this. There's like, but there's more. There's like seven cups. No names. Everybody's got tea. I got to tell you, I'm not a big germaphobe, but at this point, I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> and I said, does anybody know whose cup was here first? Like, I, I was like, and I said first very demonstrative because I was like, I, mine was here first, you bunch of dummies. Why'd you put it by? Does anybody, and they're like, I kid you not, I kid you not. This guy turns around, he's got a big fever blister that could have been mistaken for another lip, okay? And he goes, oh, just grab one, what's the big deal? What's, what's, that's a big deal. What's happening this party? I mean, we got crazy. We're exchanging diseases now. Like, what? <laughs> Here's the deal. The problem, <laughs> the problem was there was no Sharpie to claim whose was what. It brought no identity to it. And here's what I would tell you. If you don't let the right thing claim you, something will. If you don't let the right thing claim you, if you don't let the right thing identify you, I promise you somebody, something, some moment, something will claim you and it will identify you. And so you and I, we got to be very careful who we allow to have the Sharpie in our life because the Sharpie has claiming power. And some of us, we've been allowing the wrong thing to identify us for too long. And you know what? For some of us, it's not even a bad thing. For some of us, it's been, man, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a good person. Justin, I'm a, I'm a good businessman. I'm successful. I, I do good things. I'm, I'm a good husband. I'm a good wife. I, I take care. I'm a great friend. But, but hear me. 
being good isn't what it's about. It's not enough to be a good person. You got to be a forgiven person. It's not about being good. Good won't get you through the gates. Only forgiveness will get you through the gate. It's not about being good. That's good and all. But what is required, what is essential is being forgiven. Some of us, it's the past mistakes that have had the Sharpie. It's been the things when somebody else did, we did it. Right? And we, we left one church to go to another church because we had a bad reputation at that church. We've left one friend group to go to another friend group because we're just trying to run from our past because we've allowed our past to claim us. We've allowed our mistakes, our shame. Man, we can barely come into church because we feel so bad. We feel so, can I tell you, your past was never meant to claim you was never meant to identify you. Some of us, it's what others have said. It's what others have called. You remember that. I know grown men and grown women who still have identity problems because of what their parents called them, what their grandparents called them, what they were called in mid-high, what they were called in junior high, and they're living life to prove everybody else wrong. That's no way to live your life. And we have an identity crisis because we've allowed the wrong thing to identify us. But check this out. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1 says this, do not fear for I have redeemed you. That word redeemed in the Hebrew means I have claimed you. I made a claim for a person. I have claimed you. I have called you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. There's many times we go to parties, we, we, we have a good time with people, our connect group meets, and we have an abnormal amount of Justins in this church. We ha- I, I've never met so many Justins in one setting in my life. And they say you attract who you are, but that's a little overboard. Um, and so here... <laughs> Here's what I would, we have connect group and I have a buddy, Justin Turnbow, who's there. And when we have solo cups, if we're writing names on, he's going to write Justin. I'm like, well, that's going to be really confusing. If I write Justin, he writes Justin. And so I have started writing mine on my cup. Whose cup is that? That's mine. (laughs) It ain't yours. It's mine. Get your hands off my cup. It's mine. I know who this goes for too because it's mine. And can I tell you, like, my, my daughter plays basketball, my youngest one. And when, when, when there's just a, a, just a fast break and people are coming, you got to find your person, right? And what you do, they're running and you go, you go, mine, I got this person. And where that person goes, you go. They don't escape your vision. You see every action. You see everything that's going on in their life because they are yours. Can I tell you, that's what you are. You are his. And everywhere you've gone, everything you've done, he's seen it and he still wants you. He's still summoning you. He's still claiming you. He's still calling you. He's saying mine. And Jesus has been doing it since he's been on earth. He said, no, 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 no. I see you lepers. I know nobody else wants you. I know nobody else knows what's going on, but you are mine. I see a woman caught in adultery. I know that you have shame. I know that you're embarrassed, but meet grace and meet mercy because you are mine. I see a woman with the issue of blood. I know you've been broken. I know that you're broke, spending all you had to try to get better. I know that you can't have relationships and everywhere you go, you just got to be an outcast saying unclean, unclean, unclean. But I got to tell you something. You're mine. I see 
see a demon-possessed man. I see a blind. I see a deaf. I see a lame. I see everybody that's been an outcast, everybody that's not welcome into church, and I have called you. I have redeemed you. I have claimed you. I know your name, and you are mine. You're mine. So hear me today. Hear me today. Man, if you don't hear, if you've tuned out, which I don't know how you have, but if you've tuned out, <laughs> tune in. Stop letting your past mistakes claim you. You're not theirs. He says you're mine. Stop letting what other people said about you claim you, identify you. You're not what they said. You're his. Stop letting all the shame, all the, but Justin, you don't know. All the addictions, Justin, you don't know. I don't have to know. All I know is this, is that you have been ransomed. You have been summoned. You have been called by name. And you are his. Stop following at a safe distance because you're afraid you're going to collide with him because that's exactly what he wants. Man, crash into him this morning. Stop trying to do life on your own and just crash into him because he's seen every move you make. He's seen everywhere you've gone, every decision, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he still calls you mine. Let's bow our heads. God, we love you. We thank you for today. Lord, I pray right now that you would speak to our life, speak to our heart, speak to our soul. Because, Lord, it's, it's simply about not following safely. Because, Lord, following you safely is a dangerous, dangerous habit to get into. Lord, I pray this morning that we would stop allowing everything else to claim us, everything else to identify us, and that we would crash into you this morning. That our hearts would meet your goodness, that our sin would meet your grace, that our guilt would meet your mercy. With heads bowed, eyes closed, There's, most of us are familiar with adoption. I love adoption day. I love going to an adoption and seeing it just take place because you have this child who needed help. You have this child that didn't ask for the life that they were born into, but nonetheless, that was the reality. And they needed somebody to rescue them. And when a family comes in, they give them their name. They give them love. They give them a structure to help them. They provide for them. They love them, and they help give them a new trajectory for their life. And what I love about this is they've started calling this Adoption Day Gotcha Day. And this morning, with that same thought, I truly believe that for some of you today, this is your Gotcha Day. You've been having the wrong name, the wrong identity, the wrong thing claim you, and this morning, he wants to give you a new name. He wants to bring new provision to your life. He wants to give you a new trajectory for your life. He wants to bring love and joy and peace, and you can't do it on your own. You've tried too long, but he looks at you and he says, you are 
mine. This morning, if you're here, you're in this place. You say, Justin, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We're going to give you that chance. This morning, you may be here, and maybe you're just not where you need to be. Just like Peter, you started drifting and drifting and following at a safe distance, and you've let things come between you and your Savior. Can I tell you, when Jesus reinstated Peter, he was on the beach, and Peter's fishing for fish and hadn't caught anything and hadn't caught anything, and he's coming up empty time after time after time. Jesus is on the beach, and he has the very thing that Peter is fishing for. He's got fish on the beach waiting for everything Peter wanted was found in Jesus. Can I tell you, everything you can want is found in Jesus. This morning, if you need to come back home, man, you need to get it right. You need to recommit your life and you need to make a first-time decision. I'm going to count to three. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that's going to change your life. We're not going to have you stand up. We're not going to lead you into another room or embarrass you because we believe God sees a hand and he changes a heart. And if that's you, don't miss your gotcha moment. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four. You say, Justin, that's me today. I want to join these four hands that are lifted. Yeah, there's five, there's six. Is there anyone else? You say this morning, Justin, that's me. Man, that's me. There needs, yeah, see your hand. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, yeah, see your hand. Is there anyone else? You join these eight hands or so that are being lifted. You say, man, I I need my moment. I need to come back home. I've been letting the wrong things claim me for too long. And today's my gotcha moment. Is there anyone else before we go any further in the service? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, I see you in the back. Is there anyone else? Don't miss this moment. Anyone else, man, I I know this is a nerve-wracking moment, but don't miss this moment. Let somebody else have the Sharpie in your life. Let somebody else bring identity and claim you. Is there anyone else before we go any further and you join these? There's one, you join these 10 hands. I see in the back, there's 11. Is there anybody else? You join these 11 hands that have been raised before we go any further. If you raised your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I have sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. God, I I don't want to follow at a safe distance, but God, let me collide, let me crash into you. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. 
If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. <laughs>